on 98FM and online. This is Phoenix FM. Welcome to another edition of the Orient Hour here on Phoenix FM with myself, Chris Hood. It's the show all about the guys and gals of E10, featuring latest news, views and special guest interviews. Tonight we're joined in the studio by a fantastic panel, Orient youth coach and prostate cancer campaigner Errol McKellar, uh, host the O Show, Oliver Buck, and making his debut, Tom Kelly from Everything Orient. Uh, Barry Twin, uh, offended by the fact that I spelt his name with a Y rather than an I, uh, won't be in the studio tonight. If you've got a question for the panel or a comment about a fantastic fantastic week in E10. Uh, loads of ways to get in touch. It's the Orient Hour on Facebook and Twitter. Give us a follow and a like and you can also email the studio direct radio at phoenixfm.com Before we come to our panel, let's have a look back on yesterday's match and Orient travelled to Chesterfield in the National League as they continued on their run of long Saturday away trips. Orient arrived at the Pryact off the back of a good bank holiday weekend where they managed to earn four points, coming back from a goal and a man down to draw away at Gateshead on Saturday and comprehensively beating Dover 3-0 on Monday at Brisbane Road. Orient were one of only three teams yet to taste defeat in the National League this season. Third and fourth place filed and Harrogate the others. The O's finding themselves well placed in fifth in the early part of the season, only two points off FC Halifax in top spots. The O's had been productive at both ends of the pitch in the previous four games, scoring seven and conceding only two, resulting in three wins out of four, contrasting starkly with opponents Chesterfield, who had actually lost their last four games, conceding eight and scoring four, but going goalless in the last two. Those two uh, matches resulting in one nil defeats at home to Barnet and away to Hartlepool over the bank holiday weekend. Relegated from the Football League last season with Martin Allen at the helm making a number of changes, the Spirates had made a good start to the season, winning their opening three matches, but found themselves 15th and closer to the relegation zone than the playoffs points-wise. On to the match itself, Norrington continued their unbeaten run with a 1-0 win and clean sheet at the Pryak Stadium, a James Dayton strike in the second half, securing the three points on the road for the O's in a tough encounter. Uh, looking around the league yesterday at the other results, and Solihull Moors, uh, Orient's opponents on Tuesday night, uh, managed to pull uh, out a 2-1 victory against uh, Barrow, all three of those goals coming in the last 10 minutes of the game. Uh, also, Boreham Wood drew 1-0 with Braintree Town. Uh, Dagnan and Redbridge held Salford's 
City at home, but uh, Salford City did see da- uh, Daniel Lloyd McGoldrick sent off after 42 minutes. Barnet pulled out a 2 1 victory away against Dover Athletic, has filed 1 3 1 at Ebbsfleet. Andy Gateshead 1, Maidstone United 2, are sending off a piece for the two sides. Harrogate Town continued their unbeaten run uh, with a 4 0 victory against Eastleigh. Ended Hartlepool United 2 1 victors away against Haven and Waterlooville. 2 all between Maidenhead United and Bromley. 1 all Sutton United and FC Halifax Town and Wrexham uh, won 2-0 against Aldershot Town. Uh, as a result, uh, Orient remained fifth, now just a point off Wrexham in first place. Uh, the O's next place Solihull Moors at home in the league on Tuesday night, as we mentioned. Uh, Moors are sixth and level on points with the O's. Uh, the O's then travel to fourth-placed FC Halifax on Saturday in another National League fixture. Uh, Halifax also level on points with Orient, uh, but ahead on goal difference. After the match, uh, boss Justin Edinburgh spoke with Ozone's Dulcet Dave Victor. Well, Justin, thanks for joining us. That felt like a statement of intent. It was a big win, wasn't it? It was a huge win. Uh, it was a gutsy performance. Totally different from Mondays at Dover. But um, the best win of the season so far, for sure. And one where you had to work so hard under a lot of pressure in that first half. Yeah, no, we was backs against the wall. You know, credit to Chesterfield. Um, they've been on a, a sticky run and they, and they come at us. And um, as good as we've played this season. They, they were, they're a good side. Don't envisage that you know the, the, the run they're on. They stay on much longer if they continue to play like that because we was up against it for long periods. But away from home, good players in their team. But uh, the team were resolute, determined, uh, and really ground out that that one nil victory today. Because it was individuals winning their individual battles, wasn't it? Yeah, no. I mean, it was uh, it was physical, but clean and fair. Toe to toe, um, but you know the back four keeper were immense today. You know, even Miles Judd he got through it. Had a difficult time first half. Um, they tried to highlight him, but you know he stuck at it and, and got through. And really pleased for him. You know, it was another good performance. But I thought Marvin, Josh, Joe Widdiston, and Dean Brill were, were immense today. Waited a long time for the uh, all-important goal, but it was taken well by James Dayton. It was taken very well. As good a strike you see, I'm sure, this weekend. Uh, that's what he's got. Getting fitter and stronger all the time. Um, starting to see what we've been looking for because you know, it was a miss for us last season when we lost him, but uh, getting back to his best. And um, really pleased that he got his goal. Great celebrations at the end, over 500 travelling fans, but Macaulay Bond seemed to fall and hurt his arm. Is, do I need to worry there? No, I mean, he's, uh, the fall was OK, but it was what landed on him in, in Josh Colson, and that's, that's quite a big unit. Um, but he's trod on his hand, he's just icing in there. Yeah, nothing to worry about, but uh, that's what happens. You know, we're, we're obviously delighted for our fans. You know, they've travelled over 500 here today. Um, and and roared us on, got behind us when we needed it, and uh, that's how we win games together. There's a great togetherness with with the supporters and the, and, and the players right now, and, and that needs to continue going forward. And there is a momentum now, so I suspect you're delighted that there's a game on Tuesday. We are. We know it's a tough one. You know, Solio started the season ever so well as well. Um, so we need to get resting now and, and, and get ready for Tuesday. But you know, a game that we look forward to, and we want to con- try and continue this run. Well, we're joined in the studio this evening by Errol McKellar, Oliver Buck and uh, Tom Kelly. Uh, well, it's eight games undefeated now this season. Uh, nine if you include the victory against Gateshead on the final day of last season. Why not? Let's include it. Um, hitting that magic two points a game mark as well. Four wins out of five. Back-to-back clean sheets. Um, it's a great time to be an O's fan, Ollie. It is. It is indeed. It's, um, it's as good as it can be at the moment, I suppose. And uh, it was, well... Uh, Looking at it, a huge, huge result, Errol. 
I think it's a very important result because, you know, and, and, and credit to the gaffer, right, for paying tribute to the uh, 500 supporters that, that went along to the game because, you know, they, they've already started to show that they're playing a big part in what's going to happen this season. So, yeah, very, very important result. Bring on Tuesday. Uh, now, Ollie, as I say, you were at the game yesterday. Um, I was. And most people know now from online <laughs> know you were at the game yesterday yeah. having fun with a uh, pumped up Mr Kent Teague yeah uh, were really you leading get, him I've got to say he really does get pumped up were you were you, <laughs> were you leading him slightly astray there? So, yes, um, I think he was leading me astray honestly um, <laughs> I can oh, second that yeah <laughs> that, that, that man does not hold back I, I, when I interviewed him earlier in the week he, he said about how he doesn't have as much passion as the Orient fans but I think he's got just as much. I think he shows it. it, it, it he really does. I was, I was surprised. Stood next to him. I was a little bit cautious, thinking, "Oh, how, 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 how far can I go?" And he was going one step further. He really does. His oh. passion is unreal. Well, I mean, we mentioned the game there yesterday. We heard um, from Justin. What did you make of the performance yesterday from the team? Um, it wasn't our best performance of the season, but as as Justin said in his interview, I think it was one of the best results. Um, Chesterfield weren't the greatest. The football wasn't pretty from them. But Orient dealt well with, with what they had to deal with. There was a lot of long balls. There was a lot of big hoofs up the field from Chesterfield. But Marvin, Ekpetita and Coulson were quality all day. They were really were. And Marvin, Ekpetita, special mention, I think. That the kid, considering he was playing, I, I don't know what was it the. Well, you would have been the uh, National League he South. Was, yeah. He was in the National League South, part-time football. Yeah. He stepped up and he's slotted straight into men's football now, full-time, and that, he's absolutely smashing it. Well, I mean, I want to pick up a couple of quotes from from Martin Allen uh, after the game, and um, uh, he was talking about he wants to help his players, not crucify them. They, they're giving it the all. And at the end, he said it was a bitter pill to swallow, letting in the goal when we did and how we did, but we were the better team. Would you agree with Martin Allen on that one, or do you think he's trying to spin it, or was Absolute, he watching a different game? Absolutely not. I wouldn't agree with Martin Allen at all. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> to the point. Um, yeah, I'm not going to beat around the bush, you know. Um, we weren't top draw, we weren't, um, but neither were Chesterfield. I thought there was very little football actually played by that Chesterfield side. There was about 10 minutes after the, the first half where you, they, you could kind of see they had a bit of a game plan and they were trying to make some things work. But then after that, they just kind of crumbled and, and reverted back to hoofing it up. I mean, Justin called it gutsy and completely different to Dover. Yeah. Yeah, um, I think the difference between Chesterfield and Dover, um, Do Dover tried to play some good stuff, but they were very ineffectual. They they didn't really seem to create much. <coughs> Chesterfield were a completely different side. I think a lot of long ball, a lot of a lot of hoofing. They were two very different sides. Um, but I mean, you can ask the question, uh, Tom Kelly. Was it? I mean. The, Good time to play Chesterfield, really. Um, Chesterfield, they start the uh, start the season three wins back to back. They come in to this game four losses in a row. Is it a good time to play Chesterfield rather than at the beginning of the season, or is it beware the wounded animal? Yeah, I think for based on other teams' forms, it's always good and bad times to play teams. And obviously, if a team's not playing too well, you want to take advantage of that. And especially, even though I think some people were doubting at the start of the season, we are doing well. Like haven't haven't lost a game yet. And to be honest, I think this can go on for a while. I think Justin Everett is, what he's good at is we're grinding out results. Like, yes, um, the game at the weekend, 
that could I think last last year that'd been a nil nil to be honest. Yeah. Whereas this year they've got the power, the desire to go and win, go and win the game. I think that's going to be a difference this season as well. And well, but I mean, talking yesterday, and Ollie referred to it as a game where the O's had their backs against the wall, and Orient were up against it for long periods of the game, weren't they? At, like I said, it was a tough game, and they they were up against it. You know, Ch- Chesterfield had some good players. They had Zavon Hines, who he played at West Ham. He recently went to Dagenham, and he had quality. Jerome been on Williams from Palace. You know, they they have good players mm-hmm. in that side, and they've just come down from League League Two. And oh, I don't know if people have seen the Ben on Williams free kick. You know, that's kind of the sign of the quality they have in in their squad. And it was tough, but Justin's game plan, I think, was dealt with it. And and Dean Brill did pull off a couple of great saves, but that's all he kind of really had to do. I suppose it wasn't. There were very few moments where you thought Chesterfield are really kind of on top here. And I think that's credit to Justin and his game plan. I mean, we talk about, we said it, how, how huge is, is this result? And possibly not as huge as if Orient had been playing a Chesterfield side who were on the form that they were at the beginning of the season. But this is kind of a, a marker for Orient of, of the games that they played this season, taking on one of the former league clubs, one of the teams that was in the league last season and beating them, albeit it was a struggle. Yeah. I think as well, we when we came down last year, I think we kind of had the, oh, we're late in Orient, we're actually a League One club. We didn't really, not kind of respect the opposition, but I think now we're kind of taking it, like, we've got to win and we're going to treat every team the same. And I think that's the same with Chesterfield as well. So whether it's Chesterfield just come down or Bournemouth has been in the National League for quite a while, I think that's what the new attitude kind of is. And yeah, I hope we continue. And um, Errol, we're talking about... Um Orient having their backs against the wall and that's something actually that the boys have had to well, had to do and had to be resilient for a long time this season I mean it hasn't always been vintage O's performances all the while no, and I think I think we have to you know we have to give credit where credit's due I mean you know when you're when you're at the stage where we are at the moment and the momentum's high you want to play you want to play Chesterfield now you know um you know, listen the, the, we're not gonna we're not gonna play games like we played against Dover every single week and I think if you watch what the gaffer does, particularly in the training that he does with the team, you know, from back to front, right, you know, his philosophy is quite straightforward, really, right, you will play and deal with both boxes for 90 minutes, right, and longer if you have to. And, you know, we, we're learning to win ugly. So let's take credit for that, you know, because he set the team out. Look, the first thing that you do, you don't lose. That's as simple as that, really. I've got to say, uh, the, the big difference, I think, from from last season to this, especially from um, from Steve Davis to Edinburgh, is the defence. Yeah. You know, at times last season, yeah. we had a defence like, yeah. like a sieve. Yeah. Yeah. We had a, yeah. a sieve right. like defence, and, and now it's like a... What's you doing? I don't know. Exactly. No, like a, sword, a sword. It's a saucepan. Yeah. Yeah. It's a saucepan. <laughs> <laughs> you look at, you, you look at the, the numbers at the moment, we've conceded two, right? But the fact is, we're defending like a unit, Yeah. right? You know, remember, you know, the gaffer's an ex-defender. So the first thing he will want to do is to tighten that up because the way he looks at it is if we don't concede, we don't lose. So he will set the team out. If we win pretty games like we've done, listen, we for me, you know, Dover were very attractive, but we nullified everything that they had to do and then we added what we are capable of doing. And we showed that, listen, whoever we play this season and the momentum is what it is, we're not frightened of anybody. Whereas last year, I think we took people for granted, you know. Um, 
you've got to earn the right to get out of this league, right? And I think that's what he's instilled in them at the moment. And we talk about that, that resilience, that, that is tough to resist for that long. And we talk about Orient having to resist for a 45-minute period. It's tough to have that discipline to yeah. hold. Yeah. But, you know, as a, as, a, as, a, as a manager setting your team out, right, that's what you've got to do. You're not going to go in. Your game plan is never underestimate the opposition, right? It doesn't matter who it is. And, you know, we're not going to take anyone for granted. You know, we're in this league and we want to do as well as we can. And every team that we play, you know, we want to be on the front foot. But if we have to defend on the back foot, you know, it's, you know, if you look at how the team is setting out at the minute, you know, we, last season we looked like every time there was an attack in the 18-yard box, we were going to concede, right? At this moment, we don't look like that. And that's testament to the hard work that's gone on in the training ground. I mean... Justin spoke about the team being resolute, determined, and, and the result was, was ground out. It's certainly, Ollie, it's, it's the mentality that appears to be different about the side. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, you know, it's, it's the same group of players. It's, yeah. um, it, it, it does seem when Justin came in, it was his first game against Solihull Moors, and it, it was the same players, but the different mentality. And then it, when Justin really took over after that first game where he hadn't had a chance to get on the training pitch, you could see it instantaneously. Yeah, yeah you could see that effect he had, and even the coach himself is the same. Yeah. It was it was Justin, so I think he deserves a lot of credit for yeah, that. Definitely, you know, definitely. Of what he's done. Different atmosphere, sort yeah. of thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm around it every day. So, and you know what? Um, he trusts the players, but more importantly, they trust him. And mm. I've I've seen Justin about the training ground a few times and. They've got, I think, a lot of respect for him as well. Yeah. He, yeah. He's got this presence that even I was a little bit taken aback. You know, I'm not even a player. But I turned up to a bit of filming and he, he asked me something. I was like, oh, oh, yes, yes, sir, yes, sir. He's got this. Yeah. He's got this presence. He's got yeah. this. He's a winner. He's a, mm. he's a winner. You know, I mean, look, you know, the boys play darts with him and he wants to beat him at darts. So <laughs> yeah. he's, a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a winner and that is what's coming out in the players at the moment there's there's a togetherness right and if you've got that then that's a big plus well you saw that in the uh, game at the end of the season didn't you when he when he was playing <laughs> playing left back then i've got to tell you i mean listen and that was a friendly and he still he still wanted to win you know he was he's committed as ever you know um george sessions in the uh ELA East London Advertiser quoted Charlie Lee as saying let's make no bones about it we're definitely one of the fittest teams in the league I'll be surprised if there are boys in other teams who can run like our lads um, that, that, that's so important w yeah. would you agree in terms yeah, of the fitness? Definitely definitely. I've been, you know I mean the fitness levels that they've got at the moment I mean for me just watching them in training right, it's quite frightening because they do put a hell of a lot of work in and we are benefiting by seeing that already you know and long may it continue so yeah bring on Tuesday because I know he'll be looking forward to that you know and he will he will get the team together and, and as I say the fitness level at the moment we are very very high on fitness I mean that that is so important Tom the, fit, the fitness of a team if it it's, it's the old thing would you would you rather have a team full of really talented individuals or would you have a, a unit of 11 players who all play for each other and as fit as a butcher's dog and I think you you, you know mm -hmm. the, who's going to win out in that situation well I think luckily like I, last few years I wasn't too sure but I think we do have quite a good fitness wise and yeah. te technical wise I think Dayton's goal kind of proves that mm -hmm. but um, also as well it's so important having fitness like you can't it's so underrated in football nowadays because the last 10 minutes of a game always decides it. 
in yeah. my opinion. Always, I'd say. And you're four nil down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, you can get five yeah. goals, never know. Oh, yeah. But <laughs> no, I just I so remember cool. Gates said last season. That's what I want to say. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Gates said in the <laughs> FA Trophy. Yeah, yeah. moving on. They're probably fitter than them. <laughs> yeah. But we learned a lot from that. We learned a lot from that because. If you put it in boxing terms, right, you know, it, it's like sort of being knocked down and, and not being in the camp, right? And the way that he's set this team up now, he's conditioned them to do 12 rounds, whatever they do, you know, and, it, you know, comes back to what we're saying about defending, yeah. right? You know, we are defending, right, as a unit, you know, from front to back, you know, the ball goes up front, we're holding it. Well, we are defending it a lot better already. So, I mean, it's early days, yeah, and we're not, you know, we're, we're not going to get carried away. We're going to take it one game at a time, and that's how we would approach it. He will approach mm. it one game at a time. I mean, you're talking about the last 10 minutes there, Tom, and it, 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 it's shown in some of the results that Orient have got in the last yeah. sections of games this season mm. where losses have been turned into draws and yeah, draws into got, wins. We've got a lot more points this season, which probably we wouldn't have got last season, in yeah. being honest. And like the Salford game as well, like... We managed to get a win out of the death. Whether it's Clay Kay's goal or not, not too sure. But um, no, the, the fitness is definitely important. And if that's something that Justin Edwards is doing, I'm not too sure. But he is. Yeah, he definitely is. I think that's not yeah, only going to help yeah. at like, national league level because we will go up eventually. When, when, not too sure. But we will, but and so that's going to help in league. Two. What's important is if we can keep the injury free level as low as possible. Right, then that's a big help. You know, I mean, we've got a squad now that, you know, we've got players to come in to replace players that are uh, unfortunately injured or will be suspended. But it's the sort of continuity of everybody coming together, really. That's the key. Um, talk about physicality as well. Justin referred to the match being physical but clean and fair. And something that's been levelled at the midfield last season into the beginning of this, but there's potentially not enough physicality coming from that midfield. Do you think that's different now, or? Um, for sure, for sure. It's, I think a special mention needs to go out to Craig Clay and Charlie Lee because at the beginning of the season, I don't think we really knew. Well, no, no, I'll, I'll, I'll say no one knew who, I don't think even, even Justin would have known who our two centre mid pairings were. Mm. But in the last few games, Charlie Lee has been a warrior. Mm. You know, he, he's been battling and he's, he's had this different quality about him. Craig Clay. Them two yeah. must cover. Yeah. I don't, I, really I, don't, isn't he? I don't see really. the stats, but yeah. them two must cover distance beyond. I let don't me know. let me just add to that because I mean, if you remember last season, we lost Charlie Lee very early last season. Brom and that was, was it Bromley away? Yeah, yeah, Bromley, Bromley away. Yeah. yeah, and that was quite significant because Charlie Lee. I mean, I've known Charlie since he was nine years of age. And he's, <laughs> he's an absolute ball winner. He, yeah. he will not. You know, I mean, you wouldn't want to meet him and Cray Clay right no. in a nightclub and have a tear up with him, <laughs> right? You know, I mean, <laughs> you know, but 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 credit to them, and then what they've got that adds the polish to it is Joby Makinoff. Oh my word! Right, and I mean, listen, <laughs> Joby again, you know, from a personal level, so I've known him since he was nine, ten years of age. And you would not look at him and think that he's the age that he is. I, the I, way the he's playing at the moment. Just yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. There, he's always been a, been a runner. Always. Right. And that quality and that and that fitness level in the middle of the park is amplifying right across the field. Mm. But I mean, how important is the physicality, Errol? I mean, you don't want people who are throwing themselves. Listen, to, to give yeah. an, and it's a terrible, it's a terrible example for the lad to give, but. 
Um, James Allaby against Gateshead has probably tried to be physical mm-hmm. and it's yeah. not worked. You don't yeah. want people flying in physical like no, that, no. but how important is the physicality? Listen, in this league, you, you have to be able to deal with the physicality that's going to come at you, right? I mean, you know, I didn't see the situation with James, so, you know, I, I can only comment on, on what I hear. Um, completely mistimed, wasn't probably focused on what he was supposed to be doing when he's put the tackle in to be mm. fair right in the defense of him but you know we've got players that are very physical but very fair you know and you you're going to need that because you know listen come january february when the pitches are a lot harder and you know you're going to have to time your tackles a lot better mm. that's where it's, you're going to see the difference in in the fitness levels and you know the physical approach of how we're going to deal with games anyway home and away but I, I do think, alluding to what you said there, Errol, um, we don't have a, a... I wouldn't say we have a team with tonnes of physical presence. Mm-hmm. It, we don't have a team full of six-foot-five centre-mids and centre-backs. They're just battlers. Yeah. yeah. And it's that mentality, going back to that mentality. Mm. You they, need that, though. You yeah. need it. Th- that's what it is. I mean, we're, we might as well continue. We're worshipping Joby Mack enough. We might as well continue. Um, seeing a couple of... Places that quoted that um, his goal against Dover, we're not too sure what way it's gone, but the National League did um, award it to him. It Monday means he's now scored um, 18 consecutive seasons, seasons yeah. uh, which yeah. is quite a stat for that. And, and even if it doesn't, he's going to score before the end of the season again. So um, credit to Joby. To be, you know what? I mean, you know, when he first came into the club, right? He came into the club when the situation was a very sort of delicate one the first time around. And, you know, I know that he's been really, really keen to prove a point and, and show the, uh, the Orient supporters, right, that, you know, he wears the badge, you know, on his heart. And, Play for the shirt. Yeah, you know, and he wants, he wants to be a winner and he wants the club, he feels the club should be back in the league, right, and he will do everything that he can to make that happen. You know, and he's very passionate about doing that. And he... Is the right right captain for the club really because he's not not just a captain on the pitch he's a captain off it as well because he motivates you know even the younger players right the young scholars and the young kids that you know he, he'll come in there and he, he'll sit down with them and give them some advice and you know and that's resonated right through the team there's a great story i've heard about joey i don't know if you were there i think it was an end of season get together for the staff and the players and yeah. I think Joby spent the whole afternoon not enjoying not enjoy, I don't know if he was enjoying himself but he was sat chatting with a youth player for the whole yeah. event yeah. that's that's what I heard I wasn't there but yeah. that shows kind of what the kind thing of thing is for the youth player as well that is so good because it, massive, it sets you up massive. it sets you up for your, your career look up to a Premier yeah. League captain yeah. Yeah. who's yeah. but you know I think the gaffer has to take credit for that as well because you know he's not he's not made it a, a sort of them and us situation the kids are involved in what happens with the first team everything to do with the first team because he wants them to experience what it's going to be like when they become first team players and that's part of the role that Danny Webb's doing isn't massive, it? massive I mean mm. Danny Webb's instrumental in what goes on in the club because he's worked at youth level I mean I've worked with Danny so I know how good a coach he is but you know his technical awareness is exceptional I mean what Danny brings to the team like with Ross and the gaffer right is is quite unique really you know when you when you you see the three of them at work it's actually a great trio really to be fair you know and the kids you know as I said the kids that are coming in and looking at that they've got 
the utmost respect for those three as well. So, um, we'll talk about sw- switching from one wing and uh, Joe McEnough to the other one, and James Dayton and um, Starman. What <laughs> what a goal yesterday, Tom! It's it's just you just want to watch it again and again and again, and you, you get a lot of these goals, and you think. Yeah, he said it, but he shinned it. This was the, a sweetly struck goal. Yeah, you can't, you can't argue with it. He's capable of that, though, isn't he? Oh, keeper can do anything. Oh, I thought yeah, he was yeah. going to spoon it over the bar. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. I thought <laughs> when it dropped to him, I thought, yeah, it, this is this looks set to go over, but he connected with it so yeah. sweetly. You were saying about watching the um, goal over again. I was watching his video over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, baby. Yeah, yeah, baby. <laughs> we enjoyed that. <laughs> yeah, he's a very good player today. So I mean, you know, you know, he had the injury and, and he's had to roll his sleeves up and, and, and get himself back in 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 the fray, get himself in. Mm. And then on top of that, get himself back in the team. And, you know, he's taken the opportunity with both hands, really. And he's gone out there. And, you know, we haven't even seen the best of him yet. There's a lot more to come. And as well as being a great player, he's one of the funniest person. Yeah, I've, I've seen some of the things yeah. on YouTube. He's, 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 he's I tried to do something player. with him and yeah. Joe Woodson once, and I was, I was nearly in tears. He's, he's infectious. Oh, that, is, he's, oh, that was, le- that was the infamous left-back friend. Yeah. As well. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he's just... Brilliant, and I'm guessing someone who's just great to have around that dressing room. That's What's he like in the training ground? Exactly. Yeah. You know what? You've actually summed him up spot on because <laughs> you're in the in in the training ground with him, right? And he's just a laugh a minute. Yeah. You know, and, and it's ironic because when he was coming in, right, for his treatments and, and, and so forth, he used to come in with his little boy, and we used to have this sort of running joke. I used to say to him like, you know, your son's going to start playing in your position, <laughs> and he was so competitive. He said. He even tries to beat me at home, he says. <laughs> so, you know, and that's him, he, you know, but he's a laugh a minute and he's very, very much a team player. Mm. And, well, I mean, he's coming to his best, isn't he? Mm. Yeah, yeah, he, he didn't he didn't start really um, at the beginning of the season. He, You have Brophy and Karoma yeah. who, yeah. who, who were great and unfortunately Brophy's injured and yeah. that's how James has kind of found himself in the team. But he's he's got quality. Mm. He re- and mm. he with um, Cheltenham, when they went up yeah. a few seasons ago, he got the most assists in the league, and you can see oh, yeah. why. Yeah, and yeah. it's very creative. Mm. It, it, you, you can just see that that quality he has. He he creates goals, and he will create goals. He uh, will for sure. I mean, do you think it's true that the number of signings who who underperformed last season are actually suddenly showing their value, or are we getting a little bit carried away with the run that we? I wouldn't. I wouldn't actually say James Dayton underperformed last season. No, I I I agree with you. I think he got something like twelve assists. Yeah. Yeah. And if that's underperforming, then yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 think wouldn't, I wouldn't say that we're, we're. You know, I think if you look at the difference between last season and this season, at this moment, right, there's a belief, mm. right, and you know, as the gaffer said, you know, and he summed it up, right, he said, look, it's a gutsy win that they had on yesterday, and if we got to do that for the rest of the season, he's prepared them for that. You know, I just felt last season, you know, in the early stages, we didn't, we didn't have enough, we didn't show enough sort of mental Brit. toughness yeah. Yeah. we didn't show enough mental grind toughness to yeah. grind out a result you know you, 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 know, you look at the games that we played last year I mean Epsweet was the one that stuck in my mind and we came into the studio and yeah. we spoke about it because that was the day after that when, that when the manager got sacked and you know for me really right, that game I don't think we're going to have this season I don't think we're going to have it because of the way that the team has set out you mm. know they will roll their sleeves up. I mean, even if we go a goal behind, right, you will see, yeah. right, you will see the commitment and, the, you know, listen, 
this game, make no, no, no bones about it, this game on Tuesday is going to be a tough one, right? But the gaffer will set that team out to go and compete for 90 minutes. Right? That's what he will do. He will set them out. And look, you know, if we have to be patient and grind a result out, we'll do that. If we outplay them by just passing the ball around them, we'll do that. But he will p- prepare that team meticulously to go out there and deal with what's in front of them. I mean, Tommy, is a, the, as Errol alludes to there, a, a tough week coming up. The solid hole on Tuesday night at home, Halifax away on Saturday, both level on points with Orient. Um, what would you realistically like to see from this week for the O's? I think Solid Hall's winnable. Uh, I think we should come away with three points. And to, to be, uh, I'm not too sure because I, I didn't want to. I don't want to lose. I want to carry on keeping because I want to keep Brisbane Rose a fortress. Mm-hmm. So if we keep like we don't want people to turn up and be like, be oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Brisbane, I think a lot of people yeah, come right, to it and think, oh, it's a good, nice little stadium, like a good day out. I think I want people to think, oh, we're going to Brisbane Road. Like we, we haven't actually been overly successful there in the past yeah. few seasons. It's, no. But I feel as though there's been a little bit of a turning point recently. Mm. This, this, unfortunately, I'm not going to mention, you know, pre Teague and Travis, but mm. there's there was a toxic atmosphere around the stadium at times mm. because of what was going on, and that's added onto the pitch. I feel it? as though it was, and I feel as though we're only shaking that off now. Yeah, yeah. So we're only just shaking that off. No. But I mean, looking at yeah, let's talk. I mean, you 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 think Solihull to get three points? Do you, do you see? Do, do you think it's vital that Orient don't lose these games? Are two, are two draws enough, or is two draws looking two points from two games not looking grey? I mean, it all depends when when you get into the game itself what yeah. you would actually take. But looking at four points, maybe you would you would want from these two games. Yeah, I'd agree with you there. I think for me, I want to try and keep it unbeaten because mm. I think that that really does send a message to the rest of the teams in the legs because. And it's, again, as I said, if we can make Brisbane Road a fortress, that would be like my aim for the season. Because I, it just helps with your, like, cause think about, well, is it Mourinho at Chelsea for 2005, 2006? Great 50, Yeah, <laughs> but I know, but yeah. 50 games, like, yeah. and that helps so much for your season. Mm. Like, I think if we can do that, happy days. I think it's important to, you know, if, you, if you're going to, if you're going to show any, any credibility and you're going to, you know, send a statement out to other teams, right, at home, you want to keep it tight. Yeah, you yeah. want to keep it tight. I mean, look, we will take a draw, but I know the gaffer's not going to set the team out to go and play for a draw. He's not going to do that, right? So, okay, they're tough games, right? But you're going to make a statement, right? So, it will set them out to go and win the game, but minimum, it will take the draw. Yeah. Um, I do mention it has been a great week in E10, and I want to mention that Leighton Orient Trust, who have just won the uh, best project with player involvement in the National League Trust Awards. Yeah, brilliant. Um, Orient Chief Executive Danny Macklin and players liaison Howard Gould were presented with a trophy and five grand by Chairman of the National League Trust Brian Lee. I'm assuming that's not going straight in Howard's pocket. Um, during season 2017 <laughs> <it>. <laughs> yeah. during season 2017-18, uh, O's players made more than 200 appearances in the community, engaging with over 1,500 people, including in the coping th- uh, through football mental health project players also come out in support of a number of national awareness days including kick it outs so congratulations to uh, Howard Leighton Orient Trust uh, the club and all of the players involved um, also wanted to mention uh, a couple of other games this weekend uh, Orient women were in action today away at Swindon Town Ladies in the FA Women's National League Cup determining round uh, the O's of course uh, coming into the game off the back of a 3-0 loss to Cambridge United uh, in the league last Sunday at Mile End 
So the O's were keen to bounce back against Southwest Division 1 Swindon, a side relegated from the Southern Division last season. Uh, well, congratulations to the O's who bounced back in a big way today with a 5-1 victory. Yeah. The goals coming from Lisa Fulgence, uh, Hayley Barton, returning Daniel Griffiths and uh, Sophie LaMartian as well. Uh, Orient uh, women travelled to Stevenage in the league uh, next Sunday. Uh, talking of Stevenage, uh, the O's under-18s were looking to bounce back yesterday, this time for a disappointing 2-0 loss at Stevenage last weekend um, and were winless in their opening two games unfortunately the O's again fell short though uh, as they lost 4-2 at home to Cambridge United uh, the O's got a busy week this week uh, behind closed doors game at home to MK Dons on Tuesday in the Youth Alliance South East before travelling to face Northampton Town in the league on Saturday um, Errol 4-2 uh, loss at home to Cambridge uh, United yesterday not from the result uh, we, we, too, we hear this all the time when we talk about youth football results versus yeah. performance yeah yeah I mean it, it, it's a bit of pill to swallow because you don't want to lose any game but uh, you know we we got off to a very bad start we didn't get going in the first 20-25 minutes of the game and then you know found we were 2-0 down um, you know we got it back to 2-1 and fatal mistake right we just sort of took our foot off the pedal they scored immediately to make it 3-1 so then you know we go in at half time at 3-1 we you know we've We've briefed the boys on the things that they should have done, and they know that they should have done better in the first 45. Came out, had a far better second half, to be fair. Um, we took the game to them. Um, we stretched them. You know, We got it back to 3-2. Again, little lapse in concentration in the defensive area, and we ended up conceding. But overall for us, right, you know, the, the effort, we couldn't, we couldn't fault the effort. We just just the result that let us down. Um, now, Errol, I want to talk to you about um, other bits and bobs, because apart from being youth coach, obviously you're a prostate cancer campaigner as well, yeah. and uh, you're about to launch the Errol McKellar Foundation, so tell us all about that. Well, you know, um, as you all know, I'm instrumental in, in, in raising the awareness of prostate cancer, and I just felt that um, I needed to create an organisation that specifically targeted that issue, and with the help of the football club that I'm involved with, you know, you know, you guys have been big campaigners and supporters for me during the journey. Um, you know, we're about to sort of get it off the ground. Um, you know, we just feel that it's a big issue because, you know, it's it's a, an illness that affects over forty seven thousand men a year. You know, you ten thousand over ten thousand men a year will die of this particular problem. And it's not discussed enough. Um I've just you know, last month I had a meeting with the Prime Minister before you saw her doing a... You, you taught her all the best moves, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I've, got, I've got to tell you, that's not one of Justin's programmes of coaching <laughs> that she performed there. So, um, and she's very keen and very interested in seeing where I'm going to go with all of this programme. So, you know, stay close to the radio. Uh, so have you got a, a, a day when you're going to officially launch? Because you're well, launching this month, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, the actual charity itself it is officially launching this month. Right? Um, I haven't got a, a date as yet, but you will be the first to know. And can I just add on the subject of uh, prostate cancer? Um, I don't know if anyone's heard of the vlog Home and Away, um, one that's done by the Orient fans do with the away days. They've got a signed James Dayton shirt currently up for auction on eBay, which all money will be going to prostate cancer. Okay. So you can bid on that. 
Okay, so that, that's home and away. Home and away. Yeah. Home and away. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, they, they were just boasting that the uh, Oliver Bucks on the uh, on the show at the moment. <laughs> so um, yes, uh, they're uh, mentioning that that one. Um, yeah. You've got some big supporters as well. I've seen you. You've been listing off the names of people that are involved <laughs> in this I, campaign. I tell you something. You know what? We've got we've got some great supporters on there, but you know, um, not to forget, right? The Leighton Orient fans who have been with me through this journey on a personal level, you know, and, and I want to I want to say on radio thank you to each and every one of them and you guys, as I say, because without that support, you know, it would have been difficult to get to where we've got now, and that's why you know a lot of the stuff that I do, I try to to do it around the football ground because I feel the football ground and the supporters deserve all the publicity that that goes with what I'm doing, you know, and. I'm grateful to you guys for that. You know, so we've got some big names on there, but the the Orient supporters are the biggest names. And um, so, it, so the whole idea of it is is you're just going to be you're going to be going around raising awareness. Yeah, what the plan is the plan is is that you know lots of companies have staff right that they lose for anything up to six months. So you know they have a, a health program within their companies, and the idea is to go into these companies and do seminars and talks to, to create the awareness to make sure that this particular issue is dealt with early and not leave it till it's too late. On top of that, the spin-off from that is that I'm going to also be going into places, right, where, you know, they don't have that network of support, right, you know, like the churches, the community centres, you know, the homeless, those sort of things, right, where it does need people to get in there and physically because you can give people leaflets and literature right but unless you stand in front of somebody and tell them the complete story about why it's important to do what needs to be done they don't take it on board um if people want to find out more about the foundation where, where can they go right just go straight onto the uh, site it's the errol mckellar foundation um i'm not very technically minded with all this so these boys are probably more <laughs> clever than i am right but again you know through the Orient Network, right, you can link up with the uh, foundation unit, right, to get any information. But I would urge anyone, please come on board because we want testimonies from people who have gone through the battles as well. And thanks to the stuff that we're doing within the football club, have gone and got themselves checked and, you know, thankfully have come out the other side. But whichever way the situation is, you know, we're here to talk. Um, Tom Kelly here as well, uh, editor and uh, founder of Everything Orient <laughs> as well. Um, Tom, tell us all about Everything Orient if people haven't seen it. I'm sure they've seen you, you online. Um, Everything Orient, basically, I started it as university because I do a sports journalism degree. And I love watching Lane Orient. I'm, I don't go to mostly away game, but I, I go to as many home games as I can. But when I went to university, I was, I'm, there was no, I was in Dover, there was no, I couldn't really go to anywhere. <laughs> And I think I got to around like February time and I was like, I don't really know what's going on, but I, it was quite hard to keep up. Yeah. And I was thinking to myself, there must be other people that are kind of in my sort of similar situation. So I just started the blog and it's, yeah, it seemed to do quite well. Um, we do lots of things like, where are they now? So we take a player and talk about his career and see where he's playing football now. Like Sandro Samedo is one of them. He's playing in the Moldovan. Is it Moldovan? Moldovan oh, Premier yeah. League. Yeah. FC Zimbru or something like that. I'm not too sure. <laughs> Um, yeah, we just do fun little articles like that. And then we have quite a few good writers, like there's a few, like Roman Quain, he's 
13, 14, I think he is. But he does away days and things like that, and he rates everything, he loves it. He goes to every game. And there's so many other good writers for me as well. I'm so lucky to have him, to be honest. And well, that's how you bill it, isn't it? You bill it yourself by the fans, for the fans. Yeah, literally. Um, I'm quite lucky as well, because I feel like we're, because I've got like quite a good group of writers who are, they all have, all have like, something different. Um, I've recently got a new writer called Phil Coldridge, and he's been supporting Orient for 60 years. Wow. And he knew Paul Went, um, a youngest ever player to start for Orient, and he knew him on a personal level, so he gave that sort of personal vibe of like, and when he took over as manager for that short period. And yeah, and I guess I want to create something that's, especially after the whole Bichetti sort of era, like I want to establish more of a relationship between like his fans and the clubs, because I feel like the clubs in the like, Premier League don't really have that, and I think that's what's so good about Absolutely. Orient. Mm. Um, Daniel Gold on Facebook actually asked what made you start the website which is explained there but um, he wants to say by the way the articles are great there's a lot of love for um, everything Orient out there um, it's not just that site you write for though on the personal level you write for a number of um, organisations and a number of websites aren't you? Yeah I write for I did write for 90 million I don't anymore but for them my article's got over a million views so that, that was quite good um, impressive Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, What else have I done? Uh, Give Me Sport they're a they're kind of like 90 million, they do more general sport. But what I found is that because I mainly write about football and eventually I do want to become a sports journalist. Mm. So I don't want to keep writing about football for the rest of my life. Because like, it's like the one dimension. So I get to write about boxing, tennis, mm. golf, things like that. And yeah, it's, I really enjoy it. So what's the plans for the, the development of everything Orient then beyond? I do want to like develop it more and more of a recognisable thing. I think... As well, I want to. I only got 500 followers on the Twitter. I really wanted to develop that and try and get to at least a thousand by the end of this year. And I guess as well, I want people. If anyone wants to write for a Finora, they're more than welcome to. Because I think it's. I mean, I'm not expecting like perfect English, like ex, like all of that sort of stuff. All I want is people to share their opinions, and that's it. And if they're wanting to do that, fair play to them. So if if people want to find everything Orient, where 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 can they go? What what? Um, you can follow us on Twitter, it's at LOFC Everything, and we've started up a Facebook page, it's Everything Orient, and if you want to email, so uh, ask us anything or start writing for the website, it's everythingorient at gmail.com. Uh, now, a uh, big week for uh, a signing as well, and uh, Le- uh, Levi Lemecca from uh, Crystal Palace uh, joined on loan until the end of the season. Uh, 19-year-old winger was Crystal Palace under-23's top scorer last season, scoring 15 in 26 appearances, and has been the development team uh, top scorer for the last three seasons. We spoke about uh, everything or in there. Tom, you wrote a little feature on the new man. Um, <laughs> tell us a little bit more about him that maybe we don't know. Um, yeah, I did a little bit of research about him just to see what he was about. And um, I found out he scored 98 goals when he was in under 10s. Mm. <laughs> and yeah, I... Oh, yeah. That's... You can't teach that. That is his mm. natural goal-scoring mm. instinct. Mm. And I think I think it was Dave Reddington, the Crystal Palace um, development coach, said that his goal-scoring ability is the main thing about him. He's He knows where the, he knows where the goal is. I mean, Dubai picked, picked up on him and, and played him in a few games in the... Yeah, sure, stint he had at the club, so they kind of played, had, um, had that Ajax legend um, mm. recognise you. That's that's some credit as well. Yeah, he came on at um, I think it was Burnley. I think yeah. He came against, and then he also played in the um, League Cup. League Cup, yeah. Well, I mean, the, and in further things, started out at the Dave Beckham Academy in North Greenwich, joined Chelsea when he was released after um, six years. You mentioned their Premier League debut on the tenth of September. 
Um, he's a the, well. He described himself in January last year as a left right winger with a striker's instinct, um, <laughs> but not so good uh, with his head. And you tell you there about Dave Reddington, the under 23s assistant manager, um, saying in 2017 uh, his strongest attribute is his goal scoring ability. And you mentioned that in 98 in uh, under 10s football. Justin Eber indicated after yesterday's match that the player had been tracked for a while, and that mm-hmm. both uh, clubs consider him a good fit despite this being his first loan. Uh, Justin described him as an exciting young player. Um, are you excited? They're all, you, you sound um, like you know the kid already. Yeah, I, do, I, do, I do know him, actually. I know a lot about him. Um, I've followed him since he was about 10, 11 years of age, so I know a lot about him. And uh, the, the battle he's got at Palace is that he's got Sahar and, uh, 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 like, and Townsend in front of him. So, yeah, yeah, so he needs to play some games. And I think it'd be, I think it'll be a great signing for us, right, for what he brings. And, I mean, he knows where the target is, you know. And you unleash him because he's frightened. He's got frightening pace. So, know. so we're expecting. I mean, he described himself there as a, a left-right winger. We're expecting him to play up front as an option for the others. Um, yeah, he can play down the middle. I think he's more effective wide. He's more coming off the line. He's much more effective doing that. But you know, I think I think the gaffer's got a plan for him. You know, he's not revealed too much about it, but he's got a plan. And I mean, listen, anyone with pace is a threat. In any in any football game, they're a threat. And once he's gone, there's not many that will catch him. Put it that way. I mean, are we talking as a similar? If we're comparing to a player already in the squad, do the, the, the Josh Caroma style figure? Are we are we talking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a. I think um, that's a good call. I mean, you know, Josh. What what Josh is doing now is he's adding the technical side to his game. Jo, you know, Josh is very enthusiastic, and you know, he wants to be a winner and he wants to do well. And what he's adding to his game now, and thanks to the gaffer, is he's more technical in his approach and his build-up play. Um, but what this boy brings, right, he just, you know, he's off the blocks, he's frightening. And that's, you know, that's going to be a handful for anybody marking him or, or you know, just trying to stay with him. Uh, so mm-hmm. it gives the gaffer a couple of different options, put it that way. And uh, Tom, do you think he was the, the was he sort of the player that you were looking for? Or do you think the O's are still in the market for more for more players? In to be fair, after watching last season, I thought that we needed a target man, mm-hmm. and I thought when Allaby came in, to be fair, he still got time. Like, I know he hasn't got off the best start, and I don't think you mind me saying that, mm-hmm. but I do believe in him, and like. But I think, yeah, I think he might be more effective well, after watching a few videos of him. Yeah. But the, I think the good thing about Orion at the moment is that we've got such good squad depth. Mm. And like in the striker department, we've got well, Coroma, Bon, Harold, yeah. Mooney. I don't know what's going on there, <laughs> but like we've got a lot there. Uh, we're going we're gonna to move on to, to Mooney in, in just a moment. And obviously with uh, Levi uh, coming in, thoughts turned to David Mooney's position. And Justin Edinburgh spoke after the game yesterday saying uh, Moons is still contracted with the club, uh, but he believes the club are potentially negotiating settlement of the strikers' contract and it is taking a little bit longer um, than envisaged. Um, your thoughts on that, Ollie? I mean, he's the man's a legend at the club, 100%. but it's, it's one of these footballing decision football is not always the romantic sport that we'd like it to be I think David Mooney really is someone like Joby McAuliffe as you mentioned earlier holds this club in his heart he he, he loves the club I think there's no dispute in that and he came back I think he deserves credit he was the first signing to come back when the club had just been bought by let's be honest no one really 
we all knew Nigel Travis, but we didn't know Kent Teague. We didn't know what what the season had in store. But Mooney was the first one back. He was he he was that glory signing really, and I think we need to be gra- grateful for him really. Yeah. And and the service he 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 gave us throughout the last, even during the Bacchetti era, and the goals he scored. He's been crucial. I think he really should be held in in, in high regards as as an Orient player. And as I say, it's probably head over heart, isn't it? Because um, football isn't always a romantic. Moon's scoring the goal to get Orient yeah. promoted is probably the script that you'd write. Yeah. But football doesn't work like that. No, unfortunately for him, we've we've picked up kind of a player that's probably going to go on to at least the championship in Macaulay Bond. Mm. We, we've picked up quality. Macaulay Bond yeah. is unreal. Um, Josh Caroma now kind of has really since Justin came in has pushed his pushed up for us for a, for a place in the squad. And I mean, Mooney kind of as, as as great a player as he as he is. We've got quality, and for, we want to win games in football. <laughs> we we don't. I'd rather win a game of football with Bonn and Chrome up top than draw it with Bonn and Mooney. That goes without saying. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think it, it is a head over a heart. We all, everyone loves yeah. him. I don't think anyone. Yeah. Or there are very few people that would have a bad word to say about him. And uh, well, we're asking Errol to talk about him in just a moment. Um, Les Kay got in touch. Um, Mooney seems like he's on his way. Been a great servant, um, but right decision by Justin Edinburgh. What, what do you make of that, Tom? Well, he's asking right. He's not saying right decision. He's asking whether you think the right decision. I think that we need to get to a point where yes, Mooney is a le- like he's a legend of the club. There's no arguing that. But I don't know what you got to say. What, what's more important, having a legend of the club or having a player that's more likely to score and possibly win games? I think Mooney he's been great great for us but he's probably if he wants to stay as a coach then I'll be more than happy with that or just in like what Joey McEnough is doing and just mm-hmm. talking to players getting like helping them out but if he wants to go and play first team football then we've got to let him go because he's he's done everything for us so I think that's what we deserve to give back to him I mean Errol talk about um, Dave Moon the man how, how will we remember he, I mean he's still with the club at the listen, moment I mean, so we, how you know yeah, how will we remember him listen from a personal point, right? I mean, for me, he holds the same respect that I think Kevin Lisby. You know, yeah. I, you know, if you're going to compare any, you know, people like that, they're 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 still favourites in the club. I still have dreams about them. Yeah, too. them two yeah. up front. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> they're still, you know, you you look at what they've done. You know, it, it's it's more than just the football. You know, but football doesn't. You know, if you've got if you have your sentimental head on, then that's the view you have. You take your sentimental head off, right? Football doesn't cater for, you know, sentimental reasons. You know, it makes decisions because that's what football does. Mm. So, in defence of the gaffer, right, he's got to make a decision that suits him and the club. So, whatever decision he chooses to make will be hopefully the right one for all concerned. But, you know, on a passionate point of view, I mean, Moons will always be a folk hero in the club. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, Justin was keen to stress there's no ill feeling between himself, Martin Ling, the ball, and David Mooney. I mean, you're not going to say if there isn't, but uh, you, you would defend and say that there's nothing that's been acting up on the no, training ground. No, I, I will say uh, no. I will, I will tell you straight. There has been no ill feeling, no, 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 no animosity. Nothing like that has shown up right around the training ground within the club. So that's what I can say. <laughs> 
Um, you, you mentioned there, well, generally, what is the atmosphere like? The, the atmosphere at the training ground must be absolutely brilliant. It is. Moment. You know, it's a great place to, to go, um, you know, and you look forward to, to turning up there because everybody is coming in ready to work, ready to get on with doing things. You know, you know, you can see even, you know, the players enjoy their training sessions. They enjoy the banter that goes with it. Um, it's a family you know, everything at the moment feels like a family and, you know, feels like you want to be part of it, you know, and what they are doing and, and you know, alluding to what the gaffer was saying, you know, one of the, the tributes he paid yesterday was not just to the guts of the players, but to the support of the fans that turned up. And, well, we're nearly up to, I'm hearing, even closer to uh, 4,000 season ticket holders than, than we were before. Looking, uh, looking ahead to Tuesday... Um, Nothing major on the injury front. Uh, we mentioned uh, Macaulay Bond having a rather large gentleman with a large forehead um, fall on him. Um, what a harsh John. Um A few bruises, a cut eye for Miles Judd, but no real injury concerns in this team. Matt Harrell not too far away from starting, but you can't change this team now, can you, Ollie? You can't. You can't. Um, I fully expect it to be unchanged. And, you know, we've been absolutely peppered with fixtures. Um, we've had Monday, Tuesday. Oh, sorry, Saturday. Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Monday, Saturday, Tuesday. It's been relentless. Um, but but they're coping with it, and you can't change yeah. it. You, you can't. It's not broken. Don't fix yeah. it. I tell you what's going <laughs> to exactly. be. I, I tell you what's going to be interesting about this game on Tuesdays. You know, if you look at Solihull's um, record at the moment, a lot of their goals come in the last 10, 15 minutes of the game. So do so, I. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so you know. So any fans yeah. planning to come, just yeah. wait until yeah. about yeah. the 80th minute. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, exactly. You know, the, the, the actual football itself, it will be like a game of chess, right? Mm. And it's going to come down to, you know, an, a, a tactical brilliance or a silly mistake, right? And as far as I'm concerned, as long as it's the opposition that make the mistake, I'm fine with that. Mm. All right. Uh, well, just time to thank my panel for tonight. Uh, Errol McKellar, Oliver Buck, uh, Tom Kelly. Uh, to Andy Gilson, uh, Paul Golder, Steve Roach and Elliot Byrne for making the show possible. Uh, to all of you out there for listening in, uh, get along to the game on Tuesday night. Uh, Orient uh, hoping to go nine unbeaten this season uh, against uh, Solihull Moor. 7.45 kickoff at uh, the Bray Group Stadium. Uh, we'll be back next Sunday at six o'clock with another edition of the Orient Hour. Uh, but for now, uh, see you next week and up the O's.